Hey, this is Pastor Chad of Go Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this sermon inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. I was thinking that it was we were worshiping, something has to break. You know what? It's not God's will for you to be broken all the time and broken and tore up. We break towards God, but this morning, I just, I just really feel impressed that the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If you're in a place right now where you really need your path led by God, all you got to do is just simply let it go. Let go and give God. And I, I was watching Maverick. How many seen Maverick yet? Have y'all seen Maverick yet? Oh my God, that's awesome. That movie was awesome. I got to tell you, if I could be one character in any movie, it's Tom Cruise and Maverick. I want to be that real life guy. I always want to ride a motorcycle and I'm afraid of heights and airplanes. So that kind of rules that out. But I would love to be able to do that. But when, there's one scene in the movie and I'm not giving anything away. Hopefully, um, if you, we've all probably seen it. If not, you've been under a rock. So don't worry about it. One thing he's with, he's with Iceman and he's, he's at this pivotal point in the movie where he doesn't know what to do with Goose's son. He doesn't know to promote him to this mission or not. And he's sitting there, and Iceman just simply tells him, you've got to let it go. And I love what he says. He says, I don't know how. Man, is that not the telling story of anything? It's just, you've been, how many of you have ever been told, let it go, let it go, walk away? We tell little kids that all the time in the daycare. Walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away. And then they're going to turn around and go, bite somebody. It's like, no, we tried to tell you not to do that, but you still want to do it. This is just like us. I want you to pretend for a moment you're that three-year-old child of God that God is just trying to tell you to walk away from those things that are distracting you, those things that are annoying you, and those things that are hurting you, and let go and let God be God. Letting go and let God be God is the most difficult thing in the world because we love to hold on. You know how to let something go? Forgive and forget. I'm going to say that again. Some of you, that's all you need today. Because guess what? If you're not going through a painful situation right now, chances are, let me just ask you this. Let's just take a poll. How many of you have ever been hurt by somebody? Say amen. amen. How many of you have been hurt right now? No, I don't want to live in the now. But in the future, there's always things. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter number six, verse number 19. And we're talking about the anchor again. And I, and I love this. Um, Hebrews six nineteen. The hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. When we have Christ as the center that we are holding on to, let me tell you what, you can wait, you can go through any storm. The first week we talked about hope, and there was a hope and a promise with Abraham that God was going to bless everything that you touch. Everything that you touch does not have to be a disaster. Have you ever felt like there are seasons in your life, no matter what you did, it was just going to be bad? No matter how you try, it was just not going to work out. Let me tell you what. We serve a God of more than enough. What you might be is in a test, trial, or storm that God has allowed you to go through because he sees the greatness in you. Don't curse the storm. Don't curse the darkness. Know this, that God will lead, guide, and direct through all of those things. Amen? We talked about hope. What are you holding on to? So we have a hope in God, and we're holding on to the hope. But sometimes we need to let things go. 
And we talked about the woman with the issue of blood and how you got to let things go. She had been hurt by so many people, but she knew if she could just reach out and touch Jesus, everything was going to be okay. Just touching Jesus. Getting to that place that Jesus is who you lean on to first. That's really difficult to do because we can't see Jesus. I was watching a video one time, and I, and I think it was real. It was back in the 90s, and there was a revival going on, and I, I want to I say that it was Russia. I know it was a European nation, and it was a, not a very godly nation, and the place was packed with people. And in this video, they captured what looked like Jesus over to the side of the stage. It gave me chill bumps. It was the most incredible thing. If it wasn't real, I'm going to say it was real because it looked awesome. Jesus is over here, and as the minister is praying for healing of blind eyes, Jesus' eyes, the whatever, Jesus over there, his eyes begin to light up in red like flames of fire. And I thought, if, if this was really a, a visitation that was caught on video, that's awesome. If not, I will tell you, Jesus is as real and right there, right there, right there, wherever you are, as he would be physically back in the Bible days. Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us because we should carry him with us every moment of every day. All we have to do is call on him and he is immediately there. Amen? This morning I want to talk about vision. I really want to talk about storms of opportunity. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. I want you to text. I want you to do something. Storms of opportunity. Storms. Look at your neighbor and say, storms of opportunity. Storms of opportunity. You don't hear that. Storms of opportunity. No, I don't like going through the storms. I don't like going through any storm. I don't like going through rejection. I don't like going through pain. None of us like going through but we have to remember we got through it. I love what Nate said. Nate, you said something back, oh, months ago. You said you were, he was, he was, this guy was pitching to him and he was, he's a catcher or was a catcher in, in the major leagues. And so this guy was just, I mean, throwing some heat. It was a hot end of the day. And then I tell you what, I got more from this story because I feel like, and I've used this as an example. And he was getting banged up and beat up and the guy was throwing all over. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing this story, but it was a, it was a very rough workout. It was a very rough day. And at the end of it, he was complaining to the pitching coach or one of the coaches. And he's like, man, that was really awful. I'm bruised up. I'm beat up. And the guy said to him, it's over. He's like, oh, but it, oh, it, was this, it was this, this, it was really painful, it was really this, it was really difficult. And he says, it's over. We want to sometimes relive. I will tell people all the time, I do not want to rehash. You tell me that story one time, I got it. Let's don't continue to rehash, relive, and reanalyze that thing. Can I get an amen? You want to get through what you're going through, stop talking about the pain that you went through and start talking about the victory that you got through it. I wish somebody would give God a hand clap of praise. The most truth bomb you could get here today is when it's over, it's over. God led you, God guided you, and you got through what you're going through. You're a stronger person today than what you were yesterday because you allowed God to be the God that would never leave you nor forsake you. God is not a God of chance or opportunity. God is a God of truth. His word stands. His word will remain, and God will lead us through all paths of righteousness, all paths of darkness, all paths of weaknesses. God will never leave you or forsake you. He's God. And when you realize that, you should get, oh, man, I can make it through it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. You've already gotten this far. 
Why would he stop leading you? Why would God stop being there with you? Why would he stop anchoring? Why would he stop giving you hope now? Well, you don't know. Yes, it's relative. It's all relative. Yeah, but this is the most difficult. If you go back and you look at, you've probably said this is the most difficult thing. I've been pushed. You've gotten strength and you just don't realize it yet that God has been with you. Yeah, but I'm at, if you're, how many in this room, you're, you, you're at a crossroad, man. You don't have to lift your hand, but you're at a crossroad. You're at a place of decision. When you're in the place of decision, have you never been in a place of decision before? Don't act like this is the first time. And if God gave you hope, and if you say, well, I've made some bad decisions, well, good, you at least know what not to do, amen? You're in a place don't, don't, don't say decision. Don't say direction. I'm in a place of knowing that my God is here and my God is going to show me what to do because he's never, he's going to put those high beams on. I love riding around with high beams on at night. I hate when another car comes my way because I can't see nearly as well, but I love putting the high beams. When you get into the word of God, it's those high beams at night that let you see a little bit farther, a little bit wider, a little bit deeper. That is the God that we serve. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 27. I got a lot of scripture I want to read because I want to talk about, I want to talk about the opportunity of the storms. The storms of opportunity. When it comes in and it's wave after wave. And in chapter number 27, I'm going to skip through it a little bit. Paul is being sentenced to a Roman prison. Sent to Rome. It's not good for him. You see, so many times, you're gonna, we're going to get through this story, is this, so many times we want to just, God to get us out of this. When God really this morning may want to take you through this. God this morning may not want to just take you out of a situation. God may want to lead you through the situation. Helen and I, through, through ministry and through life, there were so many times that we've, we've really prayed people out of our lives. God, what do we do? They're, 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 not, they're not a blessing to the ministry anymore. They're not a blessing to us. God, what do we do? And we got to pray for real wisdom during that time. Those are times that... You don't want to preach about those times. Those are some rough times. But you got to say, God, I need this relationship to be, I need them to go. Lord, take them into another, another ministry or another church or another person that is alive. Get them away from us because what they're doing right now is not the most beneficial thing to the vision that you have for my life. If you have distractions in your life, let me tell you what the best thing to do is to say, God, begin to remove these distractions and these people from around me that don't need to be there. You watch. I, I love this. I've had people that have fought against me and then God turns situations around and they're the, they're the biggest advocates that I've had in my life because the truth of God and the vision of God will remain when the opportunity when the storm waves of opportunity come one right after another after another why am I calling them opportunity because they're the opportunity for you to see that God is God and God has a vision for your life but what you need to be anchored to is there is a vision there is a hope down there that I am anchoring to even though it is wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave there are opportunities that God has in front of me and that is what I'm holding the most dear 
Paul had a vision to go reach the people of the world and save people through Christ. This was his number one goal and number one vision. But right now we're at a place that his ship that he's on is being tossed to and fro one wave after another. If you have your Bibles, go to Acts 27 verse, we're going to start verse 9. Now when much time had been spent... And in verses one through eight, it's just talking about the winds coming, the winds coming, the winds coming, the winds. It's blowing them everywhere they don't need to blow. It's, it's taking them into dangerous places. The wind's not working with them right now. You know what? You may think that thing in your life is not working with you right now. Go on, go on, go on and stand with the vision that God has for you because God's vision, God's hope, God's anchor will get you through every single wave that the enemy throws at you. It will be the stability in the middle of the storm. When God is the first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things would be added unto you. That's the word of God. How do you let things go? By speaking God's word over it because God's word cancels every foul work of hell that would come against you. Amen. Back in 2020, something happened incredible this week. We are in a season, you may not see it, but we are in a season of great blessings. We have come through seasons of great distress, but we are in a season right now of incredible blessings. This church literally is going to have the greatest remodel that it has ever had and is coming at the expense of the insurance company. We've been praying for years for it. It was tearing and God is beginning to bless. You wait, you're getting ready to see paint the outside of the building. We're going to paint it pink and orange. It's going to be incredible. No church like this. What if you come up here and it's pink and orange? The guy told me, he said this, he said, I'm, I'm going to bring you some paint. And we have, we have two or three different color schemes that we're looking at. And they're going to be bold. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. And he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to paint behind the building so nobody sees it. Because the moment everybody sees it, you're going to have 40, 50, 60, 100 different ideas of what that white or what that gray or what that black is. So you get an idea what color scheme we're going with. And I'm like, that's exactly right. Because I'm the Mad Hatter. And you never know. I may put checkerboards on the building. I don't know. Turn it into some van shoes from 1985, okay? But we prayed about these things and those things. Let me tell you what, church, every day you need to give up and give thanks to God. Next week they're coming to all the interior that was damaged during the storm. Everybody say, the storm. The storm may have tried to curse you, but God said, I blessed you in the middle of the storm. I give you peace in the middle of the storm. You won't know how big God is until the storm comes. Can I get an Amen. So wave after wave, look at this, instead of, ah, oh, it's wave after wave of problem, wave after wave of, of confusion, wave after wave, it's wave after wave of God's blessings upon your life because no one else blesses you during times of trouble. People usually want to jump ship when you're broke. People want to jump ship when you can't pay your car payment. But God is the God that jumps in that ship and pilots you. And when all the wind's swirling, God says, I'll be with you and I will put my spirit into your cells and lead you to right righteousness and truth and to hope and the blessings that you cannot even contain because there was a promise through Abraham that wherever his descendants touched would be blessed. Whatever his descendants believed would be blessed. So today you're sitting here not in a trial, not in a test balloon. You are sitting here today blessed, anointed, and highly favored by God no matter what the storm says. Amen? Oh, come on, somebody. So I'm thinking... How great, great God is. In 2020, 
We sat here with a dozen people waiting and praying and believing God. We had prayer meetings nearly every night of the week, praying. No one knew who Go Church was. No one knew where Go Church was. We didn't know what was going to happen. But we kept on believing. We kept on praying. We kept praying for this city. We kept fasting for this city. We kept doing what God told us to do. We kept, God, I thank you. You called us to this city. There were so many times I wanted to leave. I'm like, God, why? Why, Lord? Why Why are we here in this, this storm? That's why. Because you are God's people that are going to be the lighthouse in the middle of that storm for a city that is raging with confusion around you. God brought us into this world to bring life, to bring light, to bring hope, to be happiness because we are heirs with Jesus. Amen? Nothing the devil says to me is going to get me down. Nothing the enemy says to my church is going to get me down because God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Young people, old people, don't matter what age, get it right here, right now, that God is a God that loves you, has a vision, has a hope, has a plan. If you're sitting here today and go, I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. Where are you going to go? I don't know. Rebuke that and say, God, I thank you that I have vision, I have hope. You've not left me out here on the sea to be broken apart and shattered, but God, God, I thank you. You're going to put me in a place of blessings and opportunity every day of my life. And we sat here for months, for months, praying and interceding. Paul is out on this ship going to prison. I would say, God, get me off this ship. I don't want to go to prison. Stop saying, I don't want to be in this place that I'm at and give thanks. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I believe, in everything give thanks. For this is the what? Will of God. No one's going to tell me anything less than this is the will of God. What was the will of God for your mother to die? Is God's will be done on heaven and on earth. I will give God praise in the middle of all tragedy. It's God's will that you were broke. It was God's will that I was on welfare. It was God's will this. It was God's will that. God has never changed. God's will and purpose for my life has never changed. I may have walked away from God. I may have doubted God. But God's will has never changed. God has will and God's going to give you the power and the authority to get to that vision that he's promised you. My God, I'm going to Hallelujah. This is better than preaching than the church across the river. They, there's no church across the river. I'm kidding. So here we go. Verse number nine. Now when much time had been sailing, it was now dangerous because the fast was all over and Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things that Paul spoke. Paul senses there is his spidey senses are going off like, boo, boo, boo. The wind is not in agreement with this voyage. The wind is not in agreement with what we're doing. This is warning number one. He says, 
we got to stop whatever we're doing. We got to just stop. We need to go back. And there was a, there was a place they were at. I find it funny. In verse number eight, it says they were at a, a place called Fair Havens. I'm like, man, that sounds like a nursing home if there was ever a nursing home name. I want to go back to Fair Havens. He's like, let's go back to Fair Havens. Let's, let's get off this road that we're on. And what do they do? They don't listen to him. Man, just because somebody doesn't listen to you the first time, that, hey, you need to come to church with me next Sunday. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Your life's going to be forever changed. Oh, no, I'll get around to it some way. You just keep on out there. You keep on going because one day that wind is going to whip you hard enough and you're going to go, man, I need to Jesus. Amen. Verse number 13. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire putting out to sea, they, called, they, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after... Everything was going good. Not long after, another tempest arose, and the headwind arose called Euroclidon, which is a bad storm. I'm just telling you, that's a bad storm. So they go from, the wind is not agreeing with them. Paul says, hey, y'all need to listen to me. Y'all need to listen. We need to go back to Fairhaven. Let's go back to Fairhaven. I'm going back to Fairhaven, man. That's where I'm going to hang out. Go back there. No, we've got a mission we've got to do. Okay, soon as they get onto that, another wave of problems. Another wave, you get away from God, another wave of problems. Verse number 18. And because we were exceedingly in the tempest tossed the next day that lightened the ship, and on the third day, so three days now of this storm, just constant, 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 we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat us all, Hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood up in the midst of them and he said again, Men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now, I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship." For he stood before me, the Lord stood before me, this angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who will sail with you life. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God, believe God that it will be just as it was told me. No one's going to die. Everything's going to be saved. Just listen to me. And of course, they don't listen to Paul again. Verse number 31. Paul said to the centurion soldiers, unless these men stay on the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. And as the day was about to dawn, Paul immediately implored them, take all the food, saying, today is the 14th day. We just read about three days, 14 days. Are you ready for this? You have waited and continued without food. Now the men are tired. Now the men are weary. Now the men are really, 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 really getting upset. He says, it's been 14 days. Paul says this. He says, I want you to do this. Let's eat. We've got no more strength. Let's eat. 
God is going to deliver us throughout the entire storm, throughout the wave after wave, your message to the world, your message to your family. You want to see things broken. We talked about breaking chains off your family. A devil, you can't take my family. Let me tell you what, when the waves of temptation, when the waves of desire, when the waves of anxiety come to you, you need to say, take heart, family. We're going to continue to trust an almighty God. Well, you don't know what they're saying about me. You don't know the slander. You don't know the evil words. You don't know. Stay at peace that God has got us in this ship for a purpose. Paul says, listen, we're going to eat and then I want you to take everything that ain't nailed down and throw it out. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to eat on the goodness of God and the word of God and the meat of God's word and throw everything out and God will lead you to where you need to go. I'm gonna say that again. Take the word of God, begin to read it. Begin to follow it. Everything else, it's got to go. 2020, we began to pray and we had these prayer meetings. We began to seek God and it was wave after wave after wave of discouragement. What's funny is we had this discouragement. We had all these words. The city of Norman was going to hell in a handbasket. Most of you were in this journey with us, either directly or outside. You were going through the same thing. We were praying for this city. We were praying that God would break these strongholds. We were praying. This was a spiritual, supernatural thing. God, we need you to intervene. God, you called us to this city. We are in this boat with every single person in here. And it is one wave after another wave after another wave. Let me tell you what. Do not forget the storms that led you to this place, the promise that you're in right now. Because God has another wave, and it's not a tragedy. But there is a wave coming to this church, and there is a wave coming to this city of blessings of which we cannot contain. Because there have been two or three in agreement believing for a move of God. And I'm here to tell you this wave is going to spread around this nation and around this world and before the return of Christ there will be the greatest revival we have ever seen hold on to the faith and get rid of everything in your life that does not need to be there amen we begin to seek God we begin to do what we felt like God was doing Paul was in the ship he was doing what God told him to do in the middle of all their fear in the middle of all the craziness let me tell you what, every now and again, a Bartlett gets hangry. You may want to give, get away or give up an arm. You may, are you going to have to get away? We got into the elevator. We were out of town yesterday and we got into the elevator and I was, I was beginning to wonder if all five of us were going to make it up to the room. We hadn't had lunch. We were getting hangry. After 14 days, these men were getting hangry and Paul said, I want you to do this. There's an island coming up and I want you to run. You don't even know the island. You don't even recognize it. You've never seen it before. You may have never been here before, but he says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run aground, and we're going to have safety on this island. He said, he's crazy. He's not a sailor. He's an evangelist. Let me tell you what. You may be living in the gifts and callings you were never called to, but God has a direction for you if you will just speak God's word forth. God will bring peace. Let me, let me just tell you. I just want to encourage you. God will bring peace. If you have an area right now where there's no peace, and it's just constant. Does anybody in this room have a, man, you're in that ship, and it is just bam, 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 bam. Same thing. Over and over again. I want you to say, in Jesus' name, I declare and decree 
the power of Jesus Christ over every work of hell over this ship. God, you lead me. God, you guide me. God, you direct me. I give you all baggage. I love you. God, I know that you are. Let me tell you, you begin to give praise to God. God will do something. You'll be like Gilligan's Island. Follow up on shore like this, uncharted desert isle. You're getting ready to get to your place of salvation and rest in the middle of the storm because God is just that kind of God. There are opportunities. Opportunities. Remember when I was in Bible college and I was so nervous about public speaking. I loved children's church. I loved making a fool of myself in front of those kids because they were all kids and I was a teenager. So I was like, cool. No matter what I did, it was cool. I would just tell them it was cool. It didn't matter if it was or not. And I'll never forget... They had these ministers in the school. They were in the pastoral program that wanted to preach. Oh, they wanted to preach. Me, my first sermon was a D. He wouldn't, he said, I promise you, if you just step up here and grab the microphone, you're going to get at least a D. And I'm like, there's my goal right there. To get in the pulpit and not drop dead or, or faint. That's my goal. I don't want to do it. I got up there and I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know Adam from Sikkim, man. I was like, I don't know Jesus is. I can't remember a thing. It was great. I made a D. That's how great it was. I had my name on a paper, and I, I don't even know what I preached about. That's how bad it was. I could have preached about Scooby-Doo and the Seven Dwarfs. I have no idea. So I get up there, and the elite of the elite got picked for chapel. Chapel was like the main event. I mean, it was like everybody in front of a thousand people. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sneeze in front of a thousand people, let alone get up there and spout words of scripture and encouragement. I don't want to do that at all. No, no, no. And my name got drawn and my name got picked because I got an opportunity. Everybody around me was high-fiving. I'm like, the devil must have been in this detail because there's no way. When he picked names, he picked the guy that was the lowest. I mean, when I say a D, it was a 6-0 D. It wasn't a 65. It wasn't a D minus or plus. Mine was standing there alone. Dum, 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 D. I began to pray. Do you ever, man, I don't know how many, how many of you are, would you consider yourself a church kid? Like a church, 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 sitting on the pew. Anybody in here was a church kid? I'm going to tell you if you were or not. This is how you're going to know if you were a church kid or not. Whenever I had an algebra test, I always prayed for the rapture. That's how you know you were a church kid. Whenever the principal said, hey, I need to visit with you tomorrow. That's when you prayed for rapture. You were, that's, you were a church kid. So I'll never forget I was, if it were me, man, I wouldn't have lived to be 14 years old because I'd pray for the rapture my whole life. I thought detention was another class. Some days I just go into detention. They say, what are you in here for? I'm like, I thought we had this seventh hour of the day. Every day we have this class. Or because I didn't do morning detention. I'm like, no, no, that's ungodly. I always did the afternoon detention. And they were like, no, you don't have detention. I'm like, hey, chalk this up. Give me credit for the next time I talk in class. All right. So I, I got my name pulled. And I'm not kidding you. I was in Bible college, never prayed and fasted for the revival. Or not for revival. I was like, skip that, God. Just go straight to rapture. I pray, God, Lord, Jesus, come back. 
I was doing rapture practice in my apartment. <laughs> Y'all don't know what that is, do you? Y'all ain't even spiritual. That's when you're going to usher in the trumpet sounding. So you rapture practice, rapture practice. I think I pulled my back then. Sometimes I'd even leave a pile of clothes on the floor, just stance, jump on the clothes. Like, oh, left behind. Oh, no. That isn't right. That's sinful. No. So I prayed for the rapture, and sure enough, something better happened. The pastor of the school came in and bumped me. Nobody got a second chance. You had about, you had about a dozen chapels that 500 people wanted to preach at. Two each. I'm doing the odds. That was the best math I ever did in my life. I'm like, yes, only about 60 people at max are going to preach this semester out of 500. There's no way I'm getting picked again. I was like, God, I thank you. Lord, now we'll get married because the rapture didn't happen. And God, you know, I want to get married for a couple of reasons. Anyway, I said, this is awesome. I'm going to be able to live life. And then I was like, Lord, don't do the rapture until I get married. Lord, save that rapture now. That rapture talk was silly and I was blasphemous. Don't do that. So I go and I'm, I'm praying for the rapture and I'm not praying for the rapture. I'm glad God doesn't listen to our prayers. And if you say, oh, pastor is so silly. You, I tell you what, let me go to your house and hear your prayers. I'm going to be in the corner tickling up laughing. I'm just going to tell you. Do you have prayers that you look back five years ago and you're like, oh, I can't believe I prayed that prayer. God forgive me for being an idiot. Can I get an amen? You're all idiots then. Thank God we're all in the same boat together. All right, so I didn't think it was ever good. The opportunity was ever going to come back to me again. Never thought it would come back to me again. You may feel like this morning there are things and there are opportunities that happened once and it'll never happen again. You may have a call to be a missionary or do missions work, and you're like, it never happened. That season's passed. As long as you've still got a vision, it shall come to pass. What is it you dream about? I told you a few weeks ago, if you want a business idea, go to Helen. She's got a list of ideas. Why we keep dreaming every day. Just there are opportunities every single day. Paul was in that boat and it was one wave after another. And every time he says, listen to me, just listen. Listen, it's, just listen. I'm telling your church, just listen to God. God told you it's going to happen. Now take the worry out of it. It'll be in God's season and God's time. Isn't that great? You don't have to worry about time or seasons because it's going to be God's time. A few weeks later, they felt so bad that my name had been kicked out and I'd gotten bumped because the pastor came and did it about a two or, or, or three Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever chapel day was. It was, it was they, he bumped us all, so I thought my odds were even going down. And the dean of students called me into his office and he said, Brother Bartlett, uh, uh, uh. that's how he always, uh, uh, uh. I knew that wasn't good. He said, the pastor feels bad that you were bumped. He's a southern man. <laughs> he preached like a man from another world. And I said, no, 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 that's good. He doesn't need to feel bad. Unless he wants to take the tuition off, that'd be good. We'll, do, we'll negotiate. That'll be all right. And he says, he wants to set you up to preach again. And I'm like, I'm going to have to pray for the rapture again. <laughs> do you know how many people in the graves probably went to heaven like Enoch just because of my prayers and my faith? Come on. You don't want me to do that again. 
And he says, come on, you got an opportunity. Opportunity. You know what? It may not be the one you want, but it's the one that God has given to you. Take it and run with it. Can I get an amen? It may not be, let me just tell you, it may not be the job you want, but take it and run with it. Because it may not be the position you want, but take it and run. It may not be the spouse you want. No, I'm kidding. You go with what God has given to you. Amen. So I got up there and I was so nervous. I cannot tell you how nervous I was. And we were in the back of the green room. And the guy that was preaching before me, he was, he was ready. He was dancing around the room, had the glory of God, slick shoes slide on the floor. I got a sermon. I got a sermon. I'm going to preach it today. He was getting his preacher voice. I'm like, you got to do that for me, man. I'm good. I'm, you pray for the spirit of fear to get off of me. I am literally about to vomit back in here. He's like, don't you, don't you feel the anointing? I'm like, no, I feel the gurgling in my stomach. That's the anointing. I said, no, it's not. It's that hot water coming up the back of my throat. We all know what that is. Don't act silly, you little prophet. No, no, no. That's, I'm going to right there on the stage. And he said to me, he said, man, I feel it. I'm ready to go. Dean of students comes back and he says, all right, who wants to go first? I'm like, God, me, I want to get this thing over with right now. Let me get out there. I'm going to, I, and, and I knew if I got out there, just walking on stage, I got at least a C or a B. So I was going to pass. That would be done. Like, I'm going to walk out on the stage. I'm going to read John 3:16. I have that one halfway memorized. I think I can pull this one off. And he said, Brother Bartlett, since you got bumped, we're going to let you go last. Which meant you got to really bring it. Because they're all getting in their cars going to work after this. That means you got to bring down the glory and the heavens of God. It's got to come down. I'm like, oh, no, this guy's got to look. It's in his feet, man. He's got, he's got happy feet before it even came out in the theater. He's got happy feet. Opportunity. So I'm sitting there through all of worship service number one. Through his sermon. I'd never thought... It was like two things. One, I thought, this is the fastest sermon I've ever heard in my life. And the other way, it was like, he's talking in slow motion. He's never going to shut up. I got to get up there. So I sat there. Then second worship service, because I had my own worship service. He had his own. Now I get my home. They introduced me, and I took this pulpit. And I see 2,000 eyeballs looking at me. And I'm like, God, what am I going to say? And I began to preach about David. And I preached about God's call and God's vision on his life. And my sermon title was Swing the Sling. Keep swinging with that thing that God has given to you. God didn't give David a sword. God didn't give David a javelin. God didn't even give David an elevator or a ladder. But he gave him a stone to swing for his glory. Let me tell you what, this morning, it may not be a whole lot in your hand. It may just be like Paul, just the word, God spoke to me. God said. God said he was going to do this. God said. God said. It's that seed that is so powerful and there's so life that can give orchards, orchards where there was no orchards. It can give fields, fields where there was no fields of blessings and bountiful return. It can do all of those things if we'll just simply use it for the glory of God. That opportunity stayed with me because I'm here to tell you that will not be the last time I preach in front of thousands. That will not be the last time that we do 
what God has called us to do because I believe there is a day coming. This church will be so filled with the glory and the presence of God. People will drive for miles to hear that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has given you hope. God has given you vision. You need to let go of what brings you down and tears you down. God has a plan for your life. Church, that is a word and a vision that is contagious during these times and seasons of storms if we'll just simply speak it forth. Amen? In verse number 42, and I'm getting ready to close, and the soldiers, after they ran aground, and they listened finally to Paul, the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners. Let me tell you what, there have been times, there have been times and seasons that in my life that people have tried, people, our boys will ask a lot of times, why, why have ministers, why have people been so mean to us? And I said, it's not because of us, but it is the vision that God has called in our life. God has such a great vision. We've been paying, we have been praying for this insurance for years. And I'm here to tell you, we are literally at the place that paint's going to be lathered on. Gutters are going to be lathered on. New screens are going to be added. God is going to paint this place inside from end to end. We ought to thank God that this battle, this storm, this season is over in Jesus' name. Not just in faith, it has happened. They were going to get rid of all the prisoners. They were going to kill them all. There was one problem there. There was a man of God that kept standing up. Let me tell you what. If you have been asleep, let me wake you up for the last two years. It has been every assault and every attack on the church to shut us down and shut us up and lock us down forever. I talked to a nurse yesterday. And she said, another one's coming. Another one's coming. I said, it may come for you, but it ain't coming for me and it ain't coming for my house. I said, it's over. You can get all work. It it is over. It is finished. Jesus said it. I declare it. I speak it forth. This is the season of blessings. This is the season of direction. We have had the season of correction. Now we're entering into a season of direction. Amen? And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanted to save Paul. He wanted to say, Paul, this was a man that was a prisoner on his way to prison. But he kept speaking the word of God. They can shut you up, but they can't shut the word of God up in you. This past week, I had the incredible opportunity to see prayer answered on this very stage. You see, I think so many times we see so many miracles. Matt was brought back to life. We ought to still be praising God. Matt was brought back to life twice. We didn't even talk about it. Nah, he was dead. No big deal. Only one man resurrected himself from the dead, and that was Jesus. So, man, Matt's doing pretty good. I said, Matt, maybe you're the Antichrist. I said, no, it was the prayers. You didn't do it. God did it. But we prayed. And God started sending us people towards the middle of 2020 that had like vision, like minds for the city. And we began to intercede. We began to seek God. And other churches and other church people began to seek God. This past week, we sat in here with ministers in our churches from other churches. Which, Kendra, you're right. How often does that happen? 
fellowship. But on this stage is a guy shorter than me, which I love. But a guy that first and foremost is a born-again Christian, without a doubt in his heart, he is on his way to heaven. And we're going to convert him to tongues and all that. It's going to be great very soon. But one of the most humble men that statistically and realistically had no chance to become the mayor of Norman. It was on a trajectory to do this. And God said, I hear my people calling my name. I hear my people crying out to me. I hear my people making their voices heard. I hear my people. I see my people standing up for righteousness and truth. And I'm here to tell you, I had the honor to have the next mayor of Norman standing in this church praying, getting hands laid upon him, receiving what God has given to him, an incredible vision for this city. Let me tell you what, it's not because people went out and voted, it's because people got on their knees and began to pray and began to do what God has called them to do. We can make a difference in this world, amen? This next week, you got the opportunity to vote. Go pray about who you should vote for. Go seek God who you should vote for. Don't let things just go, oh, I'm just going to go to sleep. No, sir. Now is not the time. God has people. God has anointed, handpicked people that are willing to stand up for righteousness and truth. It is a little uncomfortable, yes, but God's team, God's family is on the march, and we're going to see God do incredible things in this place. Amen? There was a gentleman, and his, his name was Bill. I wrote it down because he got an odd name. Oh, Lord. Broderick will say, because I can't read it. I've sweated some of his name off. <laughs> I think it's, oh, God, I'm, I'm Broad Acres. That's what his name is. I don't, Broad Bottoms. I don't know. Brother Broad Bill. Bill had an aneurysm about 10 years before this race in Omaha, Nebraska. Bill had a, a man that he looked up to, and his name was Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers was one of the greatest marathon runners of his time. Was incredible. He ran the 10K in, in six hours, six and a half hours. The guy was incredible, or six minutes, not six hours. It would take me six days to run it. He, he set world records, how incredibly fast and how he could run these races. Well, the other Bill, that we can't pronounce his last name because my sweat's on my hand, Broad Acres, he said, I want to run in this race. I want to run with my hero. I want to run side by side. The problem is he had had an aneurysm 10 years earlier, and the left side of his body was still partially paralyzed. He trained and he did the best that he could for this race. He was ready to go. Got to the race, lined up, all the fans were there, stands were filled, and the gun goes off, and they begin to race. And of course, Bill Rogers came in first, smoked everybody in the competition. Everybody. Boom. About an hour into the race, Bill was still out there running with that busted arm and busted leg. 
And about an hour into that race, he was in so much pain, it felt like weights were on his entire left side of his body. At the two-hour mark, he was just dragging himself. Some boys pulled up on the bicycles next to him, and they said, hey, the race is already over. It's been over for hours. What are you doing? And he said, I'm going to go see my hero. And he could look down the road, and the stands were empty. Cars were actually running around him because the streets had opened back up. All the little flags were down. The big canopy that said finish line, it was taken down. But Bill was still out there running because he had a vision. I'm going to see. I'm going to see my hero. Well, at the end of the finish line, he noticed that there was a, there was a group of it looked like about 30 people and Bill Rogers was down there. And they said, hey, there's still a guy running the race. There's still a guy running the race. And he says, I tell you what, he said, I want 15 of you on this side, 15 of you on that side. I want you to finish line sign. And he lifted up the finish line sign and something got inside of old Bill. And he said, I can do this. I can finish this race. I'm going to run this race. And he was just in, in severe pain. Every step was just a, a crawl practically to get him to that finish line. But he crossed the finish line. And Bill Rogers, his hero, took off his gold ribbon and he put it on his neck and he said, today you finished gold. He said, I finished dead last. He said, no, you finished. And he said, why did you run this race? And he said, you're my hero and I wanted to see you at the finish line. Let me tell you what. Paul on that ship that day, the reason they couldn't take him was because God had a vision for him in that next city they were going to that he was going to reach for the next three months he had revival. Let me tell you what, where you're at in your season should not be a place of destruction, but it should be a place, no matter when, in the storms of renewal and revival and refreshing, if you'll allow God put his hope on you. Oh, that anchor isn't heavy. It's hopeful. Oh, letting go of all those things that are weighting me down. The peace. Let me tell you something this morning. This is such a great thing about God. Is there's a cloud of witnesses in heaven. In Hebrews 11, there's a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. You can make it. You can do it. You can make it. Job went through all the tests and the trials. Oh, but you know what? He's cheering you on. Go, I didn't give up on God. My wife gave up on God. My family gave up God. I even lost them all, but I didn't give up on God. Let me tell you, whatever you do in your life, don't give up on God. Don't give up on the hope. Don't give up on the promises because God is standing there. Christ Jesus is standing at the finish, not just in heaven, but every leg of the race you're on, he's saying, come on towards me, child. Come on towards me, bride. Come on towards me. Come on towards me. I've got something incredible for you. Come on. You can do it. You can run this race. Let me tell you what. Some of you this morning may need a little push in your sails, a little wind. It's not coming from the storms of life, but it's going to come from God's peace, God's direction, those rejections. Maybe you hear those in your head all the time. God is here to say that he doesn't reject you, that God, he loves you. So much that he sent his only begotten son. It's a simple message. But it's the only one we have and the only one we need. Jesus loves you. 
Stand to your feet this morning. Simply, Jesus loves you. Father, we come to you today with humility. You've called us all. God, we come into this place, some of us wrecked. But God, you can put it all back together. Some of you may feel like right now that you're, you're a piece of that sail that just has one rip after another rip. God, how? When? Don't get caught up in questioning God. Obey God. Obey his word. Father, we love you and we praise you. If someone's in here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to lift up your hand and just say, pray for me, Pastor. Maybe you're watching online, just pray for me. How many in this room you say, Pastor, I really do need, I don't need winning my cells. I need him to restore those cells because they're pretty beat up right now. God bless you. God bless you. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's been a tough season. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough year. God sees where you're at. God loves you so much that he wants to restore, bind back up so that you can go back out and tell someone about Jesus Christ. Don't focus just on the pain, but the promise that God did lead you through it. God led you here. God led you here in this season of your life for the greatest moment, greatest miracle. The altars are open. If you need prayer, you need healing. God, I thank you today for restoration. God, I thank you for restoration. The Bible says that the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Jesus said that um, he was our shepherd. And we were his sheep in a stranger's voice we would not hear. So if this morning there's someone in this room and you say, I can't hear from God, that's a lie. If you say, I can't hear from God, invite God back in. Say, God, come back in. Take the noise out. Take, take the noise out. I feel like so many times we say we can't hear from God because we really have heard from God. We're just afraid to take that step that God has given to us because we know it's the biggest step we've ever taken. But I got news for you. Every step you take towards God is the biggest step you'll ever take. Because there is no one, there's no one but God. He is the beginning of our faith, the beginning of our vision, the beginning of our tracks, the beginning of everything. God is God. Father, we thank you today that you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. And as we worship you, I want everyone in this room just to lift up your hands and say, God, I give you everything. I surrender. If you're having problems at home, I want you to just say, God, here, take it. Take, take that home problem. Take that. Maybe you got a sin problem and you know you do. You're battling loneliness. You're battling discouragement. God, take that. Take that. 
financial problems, God, take it. If you give and you support and you pay your tithe, there should no be no, you may go through seasons, but God will bless you. And, and this, trust me, there's a season right now of blessings beyond what you can imagine. God is pouring out blessings upon so many people in this church. Man, maybe, you, maybe your big, big obstacle right now is you have a business and you need staff. God knows that's boom. Everyone, say, God, send us the staff. Send us the helpers. Send us the laborers. The Bible says the laborers will be few in the harvest, but God will send you quality workers. God, I thank you today. Lord, to send people to fill that vision. You got a burden that maybe you're carrying for someone else, and you're like, man, it's maybe time for this monkey to get off my back. Go ahead and just say, God, I release it. I give it to you. There'll be no discouragement when we leave this place today because God is here to give you the desires of your heart. Your desire should be to be free and live for God, live for Christ, be the example for the world in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us and a very special thank you to all of you that faithfully give. It's because of you it makes this ministry possible. If you enjoyed this sermon today, you can click on the bottom of the screen or go to GoChurch.tv. You can also go to GoChurch.tv to give or text 84321. We want to encourage you to take a screenshot, subscribe, and share. If you enjoyed this podcast, have a great week.